0: Good morning, church. Happy New Year. I'm recording this on the 1st of January, but if you're joining us, then it should be Sunday morning, Lord willing. I hope everyone is staying safe uh, and we make the most of the year regarding everything that's happened. We have hope that our Lord is sovereign in all things. So for the month of January, we're going to be giving the Sunday morning message in this form, whether you're from the website or Facebook or YouTube. This is not a substitute for the personal gathering of the saints and the worship. Uh, And for this reason, we are not doing a complete online service. I'm just giving you the words so that you may continue to grow and be edified um, through this. Please do pray for all of the believers who have COVID Uh, currently who have um, experienced some loss in their family because of the virus. I spoke to Cal Lewis. He wished me a a happy new year, and he was saying that um, several of his church members have it. Down in Cape Town, where it's the worst, many of his extended family members are already having it. It's very difficult for them down there. Even within our church, we have some members, um, and we pray for them. Our hearts go out to to them if it's difficult, uh, but we trust in the Lord. Let us pray now. Lord, we thank you for the faithful hearts of your people, and as in your sovereign will you have have a plan for this virus, that those who have it may remain steadfast in their faith, that it may lean on you for understanding and be comforted by your Spirit. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. So let's jump straight into it this morning. We are looking at chapter 1 of Hebrews. We introduced it a few weeks ago. Sturdy words for a shaken faith. And we're going to look at Hebrews 1 to 4, or Hebrews chapter 1, verse 1 to 4. So when I introduced it a few weeks ago, I said one of the central themes is Christ's supremacy. His foreshadowing, the culminating revelation of God in Scripture his character and essence, and how all these things should ground our faith firmly in the truth of who Christ is. It is as relevant today as it has ever been. Let me give you an example. Throughout history, there have been so many uh, wrong and unbiblical ideas of the person of Christ or the essence of Christ. Somebody would come along and proclaim, I have a new way of thinking about God in the Bible, and this is it. This is the be-all and end-all. That's where we get all our isms from, right? Carthacism, Gnosticism, Apollinarianism, Arianism, and so on and so forth. Heresies. We see it today as well, unfortunately. People try and package christ in so many different forms not just his nature that is under attack anymore whether man or divine or both or but now the personhood of christ as well some new school of thought would come out and say or new movement would say no 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 we've misunderstood the teachings of christ We've misunderstood the person of Christ all these years. This is what he meant. This is the be all and end all. You see, on the road to grounding our faith in the firm foundation of the truth, let us consider the opening verses of Hebrews. I'll read it now for us. God, who at various times and various ways spoke in times past to the fathers by the prophets, hath in these last days spoken to us by his Son, whom he has appointed heir of all things, through whom he also made the worlds, who being the brightness of his glory and the express image of his person, and upholding all things by the word of his power, when he by himself purged our sins, sat down at the right hand of the majesty on high, having become so much better than the angels, he has by inheritance obtained a more excellent name than they. Dear Lord, we pray now for the message. We pray that we may have a more clear a more truthful understanding of Christ, our Lord, who he is, who he was on earth, that we may ground our faith firmly. Amen. So you see, in the, in the Greek, verse 1 to 4 is actually one long, uninterrupted sentence. It's one thought. And the letter doesn't start in the traditional manner of, um, of greetings and introduct- introduction. The author makes a proclamation. He says, this is who Christ is. We are going to look, going to unpack these verses and look at how Christ is the messenger, the creator. How Christ is the representative, how he is the redeemer, and how he is the great inheritor. So verse 1. Sorry. In the fulfillment of the word, um, in the very, sorry. In the beginning was the word. No, 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 no. have it. God, who at various times and in various ways spoke in time past by the fathers through the prophets. Um, King James says sun-dry times, and it it literally means that in in various times, uh, one prophet received this information, another prophet received this information, and it wasn't all the information at once. It was given at specific times throughout history. It was also presented in various ways. Some prophets received visions, others received dreams, others heard the voice of God. Moses saw a burning bush and various other manifestations of God. And, um, and they received, uh, the fathers received That's how God spoke. But, he says, in these last days, now the last days in Scripture is everything from Christ's first coming to his second coming. We have been in the last days for the last 2,000 years. Don't misunderstand to think that it's referring to some sort of future um, end times apocalyptic idea. No, now when Christ spoke, these last days um, spoken to us by his Son. See, Christ is is the fulfillment of, of the Word, of the revelation of God. In fact, it is the very will and voice of God embodied in Christ. It is the culmination of his revelation. There's no more piecemeal. We have received everything we must know. But who is this, this Christ that, 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 that he could speak with, um, with the voice of God? Well, he is God. <laughs> Christ the Creator, whom he hath appointed heir of all things, through whom he also made the worlds. So Christ given the ownership and authority over all things by whom he also made all things. The scripture teaches this. The scripture um, is very clear that in the Godhead, the person of Christ was instrumental in the creation of everything. In fact, the Trinity um, uh, serves the... um, Um, a a purpose in creation, even the Spirit. But it says here that whom he also made the worlds. Now that is a very interesting concept. It says that, uh, it talks about creation not just as an act or a past event that happened once. God created everything. That is true, but it, it encompasses this idea of all of space and time. That everything that exists today would not exist without christ it talks about this the sustaining uh, power of God in creation. the worlds throughout all the ages, everything that has existed and will exist, uh, the unseen and the seen and, and everything um Created through Christ. We see this in John, the first, the opening chapters of John that echoes the opening chapters of Genesis again. The the book that teaches us about Christ's divinity opens very intentionally with the idea of creation. In John chapter 1, verse 1: in the beginning was the word. And the word was with God, and the word was God. In verse 3, all things were made through him, and without him nothing was made that was made. In verse 3 of Hebrews, it continues. um, The second part of verse 3 of our main passage, upholding all things by the word of his power. You see, creation isn't just a model that God put together and glued together and then neatly packed on the shelf, or a ship that these guys build in bottles and they put the cork on, so it's undisturbed. No, it says that uh, God sustains creation. I can't even imagine what, what... the alternative is if god for a second choose not to do that would we all blink out of existence like a bubble i don't know but here it talks about not only an act of creation but a a very present uh, sustainer of creation christ christ As the representative, listen to um, the beginning of verse 3, who being the brightness of his glory and the express image of his person. says that Christ is the brightness of his glory, not just a reflection of it, but like a source of light that... God's glory emanates from Christ. That it that it is God's glory, and the express image of His person. A person is a a, a, a personal being. If we want to know who God is, not just what He is, um, we will never know that. But that God that God is a person. He 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 feels emotions, he has love towards us, he he is a real, knowable person, it says that Christ is the express representation, the exact representation of the person of God. You know, it makes me angry when I see these big billboards encounter God or experience God. And um, they make a lot of fluff out of um out of these the the Shekinah knowing God, the burning bush or the the fiery pillar or the cloud of glory descending on the temple, and uh, these these um these theophanies that's what they the technical term for when Christ, God appears in all these miraculous ways to to his people but but, but we have Christ. <laughs> what, about, what about that? The, the, the most real, true way to, to know the person of God. Wow. In Colossians chapter 2, verse 9, it's a cross-reference here. Um, For in Him, in Christ, dwells the fullness of the Godhead bodily. Christ, the Redeemer, the end of verse 3, when he had by himself purged our sins, sat down at the right hand of the majesty on high. It says that Christ, to us, humankind, in a unique way, to those who have placed faith in Christ's As our Redeemer, He took our place and paid for our sins on the cross. For that He loved us and He called us to be His people. It is the truth that should always humble us and should always lead us to reverent worship in God and and, and gratitude for the the priceless, the unimaginable gift that is salvation. We so often experience a shaken faith when we take that for granted, when we feel that somehow God owes us anything, or that there is something more certain (laughs) than salvation. Christ is the inheritor. Sorry, just one more note on the redeemer part that from the cross the the natural place where christ um uh, would go is the right hand of the majesty on high that was the the next place that was the where the grave risen from the grave that's the destination <clears throat> to glory, to exaltation. Christ the inheritor. The last part, the verse 4, starts introducing the rest of chapter 1. Um, It says, having become so much better than the angels, he has by inheritance obtained a more excellent name than they. We'll look at it a bit more in detail in the future where he quotes all these Old Testament passages. But this last line, it says that Christ sits above all created beings. Even though he humbled himself as a man, below the angels that um, his exaltation rises far above that and it uh, continues into the next message. So what do we do with this? You know, I would like to leave you with some practical thing that you can go out and apply to your specific circumstances. That's not always the case. Sometimes the most practical thing that we can do is to know something. A truth to be known. <clears throat> so don't think, oh, okay, I don't have any homework after the Sunday message. Um, I'm free this week. I want you to consider meditating. Meditating on these verses. Now I'm not talking about eastern monastic meditation where you clear your mind and you chant biblical meditation and meditation is spoken of frequently in the Bible where we consider something thoroughly we think of an idea from all angles we occupy our mind with this thought and we we digest it that is biblical meditation consider how these roles of christ in his person and his being that we looked at now affects the way you live your christian life on a daily basis how is the fact that christ is the sustainer and the creator of all of of everything this man that walked among us How does that affect the way that I share the gospel, I read my Bible, I pray, I apply biblical principles in my life, I, 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 I walk the road of sanctification and, and remove um, barriers of sin. <clears throat> How does that fact affect all these things? What about the fact that Christ is the express image of God that In him dwells the fullness of the Godhead bodily. Do we sometimes find ourselves separating the persons of the Trinity too far from each other and that we actually end up thinking as God, as three different gods? Maybe not consciously. Meditate on these things. You know, I've been doing a study into the I am statements we find in, in John, the seven I am statements, and I was surprised to find out that many dozens of times Christ speaks about his person and his character, he says, I am. It's found over a hundred times where Jesus Christ says, I am, in various contexts and forms. <clears throat> Here's an example. Peter's confession of faith found in Matthew 16. When Jesus came into the region, he asked his disciples, saying, Who do men say that I, the Son of Man, am? So they said, Some say John the Baptist, some Elijah, others Jeremiah, or one of the other prophets. He said unto them, But who do you say that I am? Simon Peter answered and said, You are the Christ, Son of the living God. Jesus answered and said to him, Blessed are you, Simon, for flesh and blood did not reveal this to you, but my Father who is in heaven. Moses, to the burning bush, said, Who do I tell them you are? And God replies, I tell them that I am, that I am, the self-sufficient, the self-sustaining, the self-reliant uh, um, uh, um, God. That that He exists. It's such a wonderful thing to meditate on, to explore in our our mental capacity, I urge you this week to sit and think. Let us pray. Lord, once again we do thank you that you have given us your word. I pray that we may live under its authority, that we may apply it it honestly, that our minds are changed and that we are not ever tempted to change the meaning of your word and the application of your scripture to suit our agenda and our needs and our biases that we humble ourselves before what you have revealed, to know Christ as He truly was and is, not as we would like Him to be. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So, once again, for the month of January, please continue to tune in and um, these messages will go up on Sunday morning, the regular time. There's also audio messages available and get more information to you how you can download that and listen to that. Uh, we want to make it easier for those staying at home and those isolating to continue to grow. Have a blessed day.